Passing Dimes is over the moon to partner with Betstamp. Betstamp is a mobile app in the sports betting space that shows you the odds from every sports book in one spot. Do you enjoy betting on the NHL, the NBA, the NFL, World Cup, or more? With Betstamp, you can compare the best available odds at one sports book versus the worst odds at another sports book all in one place. Go to the App Store today and download Betstamp for free and use code DIMES. That's D I M E S. For a limited time, Betstamp is offering you, a friend of the show, an opportunity to learn more about Betstamp and several sports books where you can get an edge in online sports betting. Message the Passing Dimes Instagram or Facebook account for more information. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Passing Dimes. Really excited for today's guest. He grew up playing for the Junior Huskies Club. He was a member of Team Sask and is having a big year with the Saskatchewan Huskies. Please welcome to the show, Levi Olson. Levi, thanks for doing this, man. Yeah, no worries, man. So we've had Morty on the show. We've had uh, Prim. We've had your coach. It's just great to kind of jump on the wagon of a year that you guys are having at Sask. But before we get to the big year you're having in Canada West, uh, just tell us with your story. When did you start uh, making volleyball your main thing, or were you playing other sports as a kid? Uh, you know what? I was actually playing a lot of other sports uh, as a kid. Grew up mainly playing hockey. Probably played hockey for around eight years. Um, grew up playing football as well with the KFL here in uh, Saskatoon. Probably for around four or five. Baseball for a couple. Didn't really start volleyball until probably fourteen, fifteen years old. Um, and then uh, obviously played that um, through eighteen U, and then also played uh, high school as well. And uh, you know what? I actually wasn't really planning on um, playing post secondary. It was kind of a last minute thing, but kind of wish to go was I guess yeah and if you don't mind me asking uh how did you choose volleyball over other sports because I'm just imagining uh your body type like this dude's 6'2 200 plus like how did a hockey coach or football coach not uh sink their claws into you before you decided volleyball was going to be your passion yeah and I would probably would have been um in my first or second year of high school I had high school coach uh, Adam Ewart um who probably got me the most involved with, with the sport um even just with hockey and football kind of just lost my love for the game and then um volleyball started taking a little bit more um priority and uh you know started enjoying it a lot more so that's kind of where i made the decision to, to make the switch to volleyball so with the the club scene in sas just take me through that when is your length of season uh how much are you traveling are they one day tournaments two day tournaments like what, what's the club scene like when you were growing up yeah so club is mostly like mostly two day tournaments we probably play a game friday night and then um, mostly on Saturday was the, the main part of the tournament. We weren't actually really um, allowed to play any club um, tourneys or high school tourneys on a Sunday. Um, so mostly Friday, Saturday, so just two two day tournaments. Um, and then the season usually was around, I believe, like four, five or six months. Um, we would start in, I think, around... Early January or December, um, kind of when the, the high school season started. So the high school season was mostly just first semester. So um, after that, we would start club and then go for yeah, a good four or five months with uh, tournaments here and there, and then practice usually around three or four times a week. So and. Don't get me wrong, Sask has always had strong players, but just looking at your age group with guys like Derek App and Morty, like what makes your age group so special? Was you're just some really good athletes and some really good coaches when you were coming up? I think so. I mean, like I said, my high school coach Adam Yerber was probably one of the best coaches I've had. It's just his knowledge for the game was was unreal, and uh, you know, I owe most of my volleyball career to him. But um, yeah, I think just some some good coaching. We had some good club coaches with uh, Joel Vick, and then 18U was uh, Mark Dodd. 
college was actually by coach as well. So um, I think we just had some really good coaches that year and was able to uh, get some good players out of the program. So. And you mentioned post-secondary wasn't always going to be a goal. So when did that switch for you? Was it when you got older? Was it when you were playing provincial team and you thought you could hang with these guys? Like, when did it switch on for you that you could play U sports? Yeah, so at 18U, I mean, obviously, I was always the short guy out there. Um, and then uh, I didn't start taking it super seriously until that year. And I thought, you know what, maybe there's a chance I could hang around with these guys, even with my height. But I um, didn't actually really end up getting recruited out of high school. Um, I actually took a year off after high school because we traveled with a buddy. Um, and then uh, a bit of a wild story, actually. Uh, my first year was actually at the Briarcrest College, um, which is down near Carrenport in uh, southern Saskatchewan. And, um, you know, I had a buddy on the team uh, that year uh, that I played high school with, good player, uh, Jeff Erickson. And he uh, I sent him a text. I was just like, hey, is uh, Nigel Mullen, which is the coach at uh, uh, Briarcrest, there. is he looking for players? What's, uh, what's the deal like there? And I actually ended up showing up to a, an open tryout um, the day that classes started at Briarcrest and uh, made the team um, as a walk-on onto that team. And then, uh, yeah, I played out that year there and had a great year. So, Yeah, you must have been a pleasant surprise for coach because sometimes uh, walk-ons can be hit or miss, I think. Yeah, for sure, yeah. So with that, uh, I'm curious what your expectations were when you started playing in the CCAA then. Like, uh, did you think you should be starting right away? Did you really work into it? Uh, was the game a little bit different than club in high school? Like, what were some of your first impressions in post-secondary? Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely different than the club game. Um, a lot of guys are a lot more driven to, to be there. Um, a lot of times club in high school, it's mostly just kind of a time killer and guys aren't really pushing themselves to get it better. But, you know, college, obviously guys are – either looking to go use for it or um, just looking to have a good uh, good college career. So um, definitely a pretty big switch. Um, I definitely wasn't expecting to start right off the bat, having taken a year off after high school and just kind of battling my way onto the team with uh, an open tryout. So I ended up um, just being a serving setup for the first semester. So um, that's when I actually pretty much started spin serving. Um, and then uh, I was able to battle my way onto the starting lineup second semester. And then uh, we had a we had a pretty good year. I think we finished uh, third in the ACAC that year. So, and when you say uh, you wanted to take things more seriously, what is what's an example you can give me and the listeners? Like, was it just you going to practice with the mindset you're going to get better at something? Were you kind of keeping a journal or watching video? Like, when you kind of flipped that switch and took it more serious, were were you a guy trying to win every drill? Like, what are some examples that really switched on for you? Uh, I would say it was more of just like uh, putting more time in, maybe a little bit more um, urgency in practice, um, especially in 18U. Um, you know, wasn't expecting to go play post-secondary, so the, the motivation was, wasn't always there. I tried to just kind of hang with those guys. And then um, as soon as I got to the college level, it's, I kind of realized that, you know, maybe I could, I could get somewhere with this. So I um, started pushing myself a lot more, or a lot harder in practice. Um, and uh, really trying to, to dissect the technical side of the game a lot more, I should say. But. Nice. And did that make you more open to feedback? Like, were you kind of craving coaching that time to figure it out? Or did you kind of figure it out as a self-learner? Yeah, I would say it's definitely leaning a lot more on the coaching side. Um, I didn't grow up with a whole lot of... Um, I was mostly the only family member to play volleyball in my family. So there wasn't uh, a whole lot of guidance uh, from there, uh, which is fine. But... Um, probably leaning a lot more on the coaching side. And then I had a couple buddies that were pretty uh, involved in the game with uh, guys on, on Briarcrest. So kind of just leaning on them as well. Um, and then, uh, yeah, just kind of leaning on the coaches a lot more and just trying to 
trying to trying to improve my game as best I can. So. And when you took the the next step to switch to university, uh, did you feel like you were the one contacting coaches? Were they approaching you? Like, how did the the next step come? Yeah, so that's a, a bit of another uh, funny story as well. So uh, I didn't get recruited out of um, ACAC into the into youth sport level either. Um, so actually, after my college year, nothing was really panning out as far as recruiting. Um, so I was actually planning on ending my career there again. Um, so I uh, enrolled in CDBS for engineering. And then I actually figured out there was a uh, another open trial. So I got some video together for my ACAC year, um, sent it to the coach uh, at the time, and then uh, showed up to the uh, open trial. Um, and then after the first day, he asked me to stay for the for the full week. Um, and then and, uh, at the end of the week, he announced that uh, I made the team. So uh, another walk on uh, story there. So. When you look back, uh, going through this walk-on process, a lot of nerves before. Were you excited? Did you thought this was just a necessary step, and you thought you were going to be on the team? Like, what were some thoughts going into that? Yeah, so I, going into those uh, tryouts, I was pretty pretty loose. I mean, I wasn't expecting to to make the team, so it's more of just uh, you know, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, wasn't planning on playing anyway. So um, I was able to go into those kind of tryouts, just you know, playing loose, and just was able to play probably. <laughs> Probably some of the best volleyball that I've ever played at the time. And, uh, yeah, I just was able to perform well um, and just uh, didn't really worry about the pressure too much because it just didn't end up working out. I wasn't really planning on playing anyway. So, yeah. Nice. And don't get me wrong, I think the ACAC is very competitive, but I'm curious, is Can West just another jump beyond that? Like, what did you do to kind of get caught up with uh, some of the best Can West teams? Yeah, so it, it, it took a while. I was a grind. I didn't actually end up starting my first game until my – probably my third year with the Huskies. Um, again, I was the first couple of years just a serving sub going in there, um, ripping a spin serve and getting out. But uh, yeah, I mean, looking back at some of the video from the ACAC, it's definitely a change. And it's, I look back at me playing at the, uh, I was actually a right side at Briarcrest and looking back, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty wild to see the development in uh, just the league and also myself. Um, just, to, just to take a look back, it's, it's pretty wild. So, now, with the travel U of S has, uh, it must speak to the culture that like guys don't seem to quit the team. Like here you are saying, I'm a serving sub and I didn't start till third year. Like, how did you convince yourself it was going to be worth it? Because you're giving up a lot of hours on the bus. You're probably missing homework. You're missing class. So uh, is it just fun to be around the guys? Is it just fun to be committed that uh, you weren't going to pout and say, oh, I'm not playing. So I'm not going to, you know, put myself through these two semesters of travel. Like, uh, how did you stick with it and still feel valued? Yeah, I mean, obviously the, the teammates are a big part of that. We had a great group of guys. Uh, throughout my years uh, as a Husky, I've had a couple of good buddies uh, that have gone through the team. Jeff Eriks, I played uh, practice with him. He was actually on the Huskies uh, for a couple of years as well. Uh, and then uh, getting to be pretty good friends with uh, Matt Primrose, Dylan Mortensen, uh, a bunch of those guys on the team as well. So, so yeah, it's a, it's a lot of hours on the bus, but yeah, the guys uh, usually the ones to get through it. Um, and then... Um, also, just uh, the kind of motivation to, to make that starting lineup was a big thing for me as well. I thought that I could, um, if I pushed through a couple of years of, of playing, I would be able to um, get myself into a, into a position where I'd be able to, to perform well and maybe do some damage in the league. So, 
And did you find any joy being on the second side in practice? Like we've had other guys in the show that uh, Jaron Mueller, when he was at U of A, kind of came to terms that he wasn't going to start right away, but he still came to practice and was going to push those guys and absolutely loved reminding them when the twos would win a drill and things like that. So what's the U of S culture like in terms of like when you're not uh, getting your number called, are you still coming to practice and showing those guys that you're good enough to be on their side? I would say so. I mean, yeah. I mean, the first three years of my career as a Husky, I was always on the B side and just um, doing what I can, obviously, to battle onto that A side. But, you know, um, you know, a big part of practice and a big part of making the, the A side better is to, to try to push them as hard as we can. And uh, I think our guys do uh, a very good job of that this year. We've got some, we actually have a very small roster this year. Uh, we're doing what we can. But um, I think the guys, especially this year, have done a great job with that. And, you know, they beat us pretty frequently actually uh, in practice and drills. So um, they do a good job of pushing us and uh, yeah, they're, they're playing loose out there. So they're playing some good volleyball. So. so when you look back at the start of your career to where you are currently, like what would you credit? Uh, I'll just say your stats almost seem to be taking like a linear path. The more matches you play, the more kills you seem to be getting, the, uh, the percentage is going up, the more service aces. So it seems like you're not comfortable being a starter. You're still improving every year you play. So is that just a credit to your attitude when you came on as a walk-on that like, you're, you're not going to take anything for granted. And now that you are in that starting role, you're not, you're not going to give it up. You're still challenging yourself to get better every day. Yeah, for sure. I, I would definitely agree with that. I mean, uh, it's, uh, I never expected to be in the position that I am. So I'm just trying to do what I can uh, while I can in my last year here. So trying to take advantage of the last couple of games I had here in the season. And, uh, yeah, doing what I can to, to keep improving my game um, with the serve, with the kills, uh, efficiency, and then uh, keeping those arrows, arrows down. I think the biggest thing I uh, jumped in my game this year has just been the, the uh, reducing my errors. So um, a very, I'm usually a very high-risk player. I'm hitting the ball pretty hard um, most of the time when I can. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a high-risk game for me, but I'm able to um, reduce some errors this year to uh, get that efficiency up. So. And one challenge I find with the Canada West that uh, the OUA kind of switched the schedule this year. I mean, just do play a little bit more back-to-backs against the same team. But, uh, I mean, you're challenging for a starting spot. You're still trying to improve. And now you're playing coaches who are, you know, trying to game plan against you and taking away your primary. So did that kind of spotlight that you have to keep improving too? Because, you know, you might hit your favorite shot and have success Friday night, but Saturday night that's not going to be available and you have to tweak stuff, right? So does the, the state of the league and the schedule really challenge you to add more to your game just because, uh, like I said, these high-level coaches and these high-level teams always adjusting their game plan for sure i mean obviously the goal is to increase efficiency as much as we can and a lot of the times things that work on the friday don't work on saturday so um just trying to open up a lot more uh shots and a lot more uh, just being a lot more of an intelligent hitter so uh, whether that be you know roll shot or just taking a little bit off that we need to um or just doing some a uh, little bit of unconventional shots off the off the hands so um, definitely trying to work and be as efficient as possible in that and uh, just trying to swing, swing smart out there. So, And you've touched on it earlier, uh, just your experience being a serving sub and obviously that being one of your stronger skills as you're still a starter here. But uh, when you go back to the baseline, like what is your thought? Like are you thinking, you know, I'm a good server, I'm going to help my team so I can be aggressive here? Are you trying to be careful? Like what, what is the balance you found about being a top server in the league here without uh, – I, I don't know. I almost blame like club parents or high school parents where like they, they magnify that a miss serve is a bad thing, but I think a miss serve is just a, a necessary risk for guys hitting the, the pace that you are. Right. So uh, how do you find the balance between that, that risk versus uh, being comfortable? You know, as a serving sub going in there, you know, my job is 
um, to hit the ball hard. So uh, a lot of the times I just go back there and put myself in a position to, to do so with an aggressive toss um, and uh, do the best I can to put that ball in. But at the end of the day, I'm out there to pretty much get an ace or a miss. So uh, as a serving piece up, but, um, and then uh, later on in the career, obviously the last couple of years as, as a starter, I, I don't think my mindset has really switched a whole lot, especially if our floaters are doing well. My job is to kind of go back there and, and bang the ball. So, um, yeah, again, just staying aggressive as I can and then just kind of understanding that, you know, a miss is the, the worst thing in the world as long as we're still point scoring at a, a decently high percentage, which um, we have been able to do this year. Um, and then uh, obviously our defense has actually gotten way better this year as well. So um, even if I do put in a little bit of a, a, little bit of a muff in there, uh, our team can usually um, play some defense around it as well. So. And is that something that's talked about in your team meetings in terms of like, uh, say I'm a float server, my job is to target where we're targeting, where I'm not allowed to get the envious of you being like, well, Levi missed, uh, I don't know, five serves that match. Well, it's like, well, he's a green light guy and he's going to put pace and pressure on it. Like, is that something that everybody identifies and kind of gets comfortable in their role? I think so. I think a lot of our floaters are, are understanding of, you know, the, the spinners are going to go back there and do what they can to get the ace and get the, get the steal. But um, even our floaters do a great job of putting them in uh, tough spots. They're more target uh, target servers, so they'll uh, do what they can to take a guy out um, or uh, put them in a tough spot, take the center out, whatever they need to do to uh, to, to, get in the, to be in the fight to float server. But, um, yeah, I would say just in general that the, the culture behind it is actually really well. They're really good. The <laughs> um, guys aren't usually mad if we're hitting high airs or anything like that. They understand that we're going back there to, to swing. So. And how have you found a way to kind of cut the game into chunks? And the reason I bring that up is there's some games here where you're hitting below 200, but you'll still get five or six aces. So you're not letting your performance at the net affect your performance on the baseline. Or there's nights that uh, maybe you're hitting well, not serving well, but you're still going to get a ton of digs. Like, how are you not uh, putting all your identity into, oh, I'm a top server and I need to go off or I need to get the volume on attacking? Like, it seems like uh, you are a great server, but you can influence the game in a lot of different ways. I'm wondering how you don't let one uh, either good performance or bad performance affect the other layers of your game yeah so obviously i do what i can to to make sure that every facet of the game is as best i can and obviously sometimes some things aren't working out uh, i do what i can to just kind of mentally reset after each point and just um, kind of make it a new ball um but uh, obviously it doesn't work out every time but i always do what i can behind the serving line i think that's where i've um, gained a lot of my identity and i'm pretty comfortable going back there no matter how i'm playing to just go and swing at it so um, I think uh, I think that's worked out pretty well for me in my career, um, both as a serving sub and just as a, a as a one of the older guys on the team now. So um, yeah, just kind of trying to me- mentally reset after each point and um, doing what I can to um, eliminate those errors. So. And uh, I know sometimes Coach McKay or and the and the staff there they do get the gun out. If you had to ballpark like an average, are you like a one fifteen one twenty range guy? Uh, so 150, if I, if I can get rolling in a game, um, I can usually hit the 115, 120. Um, I would say my average is usually probably around 105, 110. Um, and then, uh, yeah, like I said, if I, if I get rolling in a game, it, it can push up to, to 120 for sure. So now when we had uh, Nick Hogue on the show, I was actually surprised, uh, 
when you're hitting that pace, it can be hard to control where sometimes his goal is to kind of cut the court in half, or he says it, being a national team guy. Now he can move the passer left or right. But uh, if the ball's up or down, that's kind of on the toss and the swing sometimes. So I'm curious, how accurate do you feel like you can be with it? Or is coach McKay just saying, you know what, cut the court in half green light, just hit it hard. Yeah. I mean, I, I usually actually don't really try and aim at a, a specific target. Usually I'll aim for a half. Um, so if there's a, a passer that we're targeting, obviously you just kind of aim for that half and that's uh, the way she goes. Um, like you said, it's a, it's a hard ball. Uh, it's moving quick and it's not always the easiest to aim. So um, we'll do what we can to um, put the toss um, as far in front of us as we can without, with, while still being able to reach it. Um, and that has allowed me to, to be a lot more consistent with the speed. But then uh, as far as aiming, yeah, it's, or just aim for a half. It's usually for me, it's either just aim straight down the line or try and get that cross ball going. So, And uh, speaking of your cross ball, it does have a, a pretty gnarly tail on it where it's coming like at the passer, but then it'll move across and they start to kind of drag their arms out of it a little bit. Uh, I'm curious, was this just something you naturally found with the way your shoulder slot works? Or were you thinking about putting like a hook on the ball when you're really cracking it? Um, not necessarily thinking of uh, specifically putting kind of a hook on it. Um, I think that's a little bit of a natural arm swing for me. I'd say most of the time my line shot is, is pretty true. It'll go fly pretty straight. Um, but yeah, that cross wall sometimes tends to have a, a bit of a tail on it. Um, it's been something that I've actually tried to, to, to work on a little bit more this year. Um, so I'm uh, happy that it's, you know, working out for me a little bit there. Um, it's obviously a lot tougher to pass when that ball's curving a bit. But um, yeah, I would say it's more of just a natural um, shoulder thing with, uh, with that cross shot. So. Uh, and when we had uh, Prim and Morty on Sharp Cuts, I thought it was funny that Prim uh, gently reminded Morty that sometimes, you know, he's the guy. And I, and I think when Sass does well, it's usually because Morty's cracking. But uh, again, looking at your numbers, what does that speak to the culture where you know he's going to get volume? And let's let's face it, maybe he is the other team's game plan. But when you go off and have a big night, it looks like you're going to have a lot of success and you're contributing. So uh, again, just tell me about the culture where instead of being like jealous or everyone's like, oh, it's just Morty doing Morty things, that every guy can kind of contribute and still factor into these wins yeah so it's kind of funny we uh, we kind of have a joke on the team where it's uh you know uh, it's just king morty he'll he'll, he'll do what he does um but uh, obviously he's a great player he's a national level player um we're happy to have him on our team and it's uh, a bit of a privilege to be able to play with a guy like that but i would say the culture behind him is just uh it's actually really good i mean we'll make the jokes uh, here and then but you know guys understand that in the end at the end of the day that uh, he's a great player and he's gonna he's gonna swing well so um, he, he's earned that volume and we're not going to take anything away from him for that. So, The nation's best are coming to Hamilton. The Marauders are proud to host the 2023 U Sports Men's Volleyball National Championship and will welcome the top men's volleyball teams in Canada to McMaster University. Eight teams, 11 games, and only one champion. Secure your spot now and be there to catch all of the action. Your seat awaits. Tickets are available at marauders.ca slash tickets. And just on that, uh, 
how do you find that you guys adjust and how the other team adjusts? I know I brought this up uh, earlier with the strength of schedule, but just curious uh, whether they're game planning for you or Morty or some of your middles. Like, it looks like you guys are in some absolute just barn burner games this year where, like, you beat Alberta, they come back and beat you. You split with Mount Royal. You split with Thompson Rivers. Uh, you split with UPC. Like, you just split with Brandon this weekend as a recording. Uh, you split with Manitoba. Like, it, it seems like nobody has an answer for each other just because the league is so, so competitive. Uh, you took down Trinity twice, but I think uh, McKay was playing enough to say they maybe we were down a guy or two. So with this strength of league, it looks like everybody's just gunning for each other. So uh, how do you personally feel like when you go to bed after the first game that you're ready, for, you know, to wake up and play the second one with a, you guys might be installing something different. They're countering. Like it just looks like a crazy league this year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like you said, it's a, it's a high performing league. There's a, a lot of good teams out there. We'll do what we can to, um, to, to video prep against them. But a lot of the time, um, like I said before, things on the Friday aren't going to work on the Saturday. So the teams will do usually do a pretty good job of uh, adjusting to us, and then we'll do what we can to adjust to these other teams. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot, a lot of the time it comes down to just who's ready to play that that day as well. Um, we've had some a uh, couple games where we just didn't show up, and you know that's you know that's the aspect of sport that we would like to eliminate. But um, it's the way she goes sometimes with um, just being mentally prepared and um, just um, being able to do the game plan effectively, I guess. So um, a lot of times just comes down to the day of and who's ready to play that day. So, And with you coming from your walk-on background to now being a starter, do you put any internal pressure or even uh, expectations, if you don't want to use the word pressure, that you're going to get your squad, man, it looks like 13, 15, sometimes 20 points a match? Yeah, so coming in as a walk-on, um, you know, in the first couple of years, I didn't put a whole lot of pressure on myself um, because I was that short guy out there. wasn't really, um, wasn't really a guy that I guess was supposed to be out there. But uh, I'm glad that I was able to earn a spot out there um, and find some other ways to to score the ball. Um, you know, as, as an older guy, and you know, uh, as maybe a guy that these younger guys are, are looking to. To, to, to be effective out there. Um, I think the pressure has come back a little bit because, you know, I have um, maybe in that spot a lot more. Um, but I think that it's just, um, again, doing what I can out there to, to help Morty out and help uh, those other guys um, and take, take some blocks away from them. So um, I, I think I maybe play with a little bit more pressure in the last two years as, as one of those older guys. But um, yeah, we got a good team and a, and a good group of guys that are um, wouldn't hold anything against me. So, and I'm glad you mentioned the age thing because it looks like your roster really rolled over in terms of uh, you might be one of the older outsides. I know you still got some vets in the middle and setting position, but as a receiver, uh, I'm curious how one coming from the ACAC, you caught up to this because you said you were playing right side and now you're receiving in new sports. But now you've got young liberos, you've got young uh, other left side players. Are, are you feel like you're taking a lead as a receiver? Where let's be honest, maybe four or five years ago, that wasn't a, a skill you were very confident in. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think I am definitely maybe seen as, as one of the leaders out there for sure. Um, uh, as far as the passing lineup, um, we've got uh, we've got some great other passers out there. We got uh, you know Isaiah Mamer, uh, who played on the, the Canada Games team. Uh, Ethan Schmidt, um, who also played on the Canada Games team. And then we got uh, Emma Graham, who's been on the team for a couple of years and probably the best platform I've ever seen. So um, I, I do what I can out there, but honestly, a lot of the time, uh, as far as the serve receive. Um, those guys are, are kind of taking the reins. I'll do what I can to kind of um, 
be a leader out there when we need it. But uh, most of the time, I'm pretty much just taking the short balls with my hands. So um, taking those uh, short floaters. And then uh, those guys have been able to um, pass a great game. Uh, I think they're each passing well over a, a 2.0 uh, on the year. So they're, uh, they're uh, good passers to be beside and, uh, I take a lot of pressure off, off myself as well. So, and, and with, uh, it feels like the COVID era is over finally, and we're not going to have like a unique, uh, playoff situation with you guys kind of in the division and then going to the different pods where uh, now we're back to a, a typical schedule. So as we're recording this and there's only two more weekends of play, what's the, the team's outlook? Because I, again, I think it's crazy that Canada West has so many teams who are fighting and they're, they're nationally ranked like you guys are, but, uh, man, it's going to come down to, I think three of you get a chance to play at nationals. So it's just going to be, you know, right from start to finish, it looks like a competitive league. So what's, what's the mindset and attitude? with the squad right now yeah for sure we're uh, lucky enough to get uh fourth place outright after the uh the brandon win last night so obviously we're looking to host a, our first playoff game um of my career which would be awesome but uh my take going into this is you know we've proved that there isn't a team this year that we haven't been able to beat um and we're we're going to keep going uh, as, as hard as we can and, um playing these uh playing these good teams i think our team plays very well um like against high level teams um, and I think when it comes down to pressure situations, we uh, we perform very well. So I, I think we're looking to for sure get get by the first round um, with our home weekend, and then uh, obviously anything can happen after that with the semis and uh, and the uh, the Can West final. All, you got, all we got to do is win one of those uh, last two weekends, and we'll be uh, heading off to nationals uh, as top three. So um, the goal is to make nationals this year. That's one of the goals that we kind of. Uh, stayed at the start of the year, um, and uh, I haven't been, I've never been able to go to nationals in my career, so um, that would be uh, pretty sweet to do that in my last year or so. It seems like home court advantage is such a, a boost for you guys in terms of we talked about how gnarly the travel can be, but uh, looking up and down your roster, man, you got a lot of SAS guys. So uh, is there a strong community feel? Like are people bringing their club teams or the school teams out to see the Huskies? Like do you guys feel like you're, you're role models for the younger community just because you, you are so competitive and you have so many local guys on the squad? I think so. It definitely plays a part for sure. I mean, we've had uh, club teams just kind of sitting on the bench while we're warming up and they're just happy to be out there. Um, and then even just seeing the club teams uh, in the stands, there's usually two or three at least per game. Uh, I'm just kind of hanging out there. And then a lot of times they'll come down for and ask for pictures after the game, which is pretty cool. But um, yeah, I would say there's definitely a, a good solid sense of uh, community within uh, the Saskatchewan guys for sure. Um, and uh, yeah, that uh, that home advantage is a, is a huge help, like you said, with the traveling and uh, stuff like that. So um, yeah, definitely a good community to be in. So. And I was wondering if you could uh, boost my guy, Sean McKay there. So he's an Ontario guy. He moved out West to be a part of you guys. And just what's he brought to your squad in terms of, of just a, a new mindset and maybe kind of building the team there. But uh, again, also another guy who cares about the community. I think he was the Canada games coach and he's been involved with the provincial team. So with you kind of coming through the program, what's uh, Sean McKay meant to your development and just the team overall? Yeah. So Sean is probably uh, one of the coaches that I've had for the longest for sure. He's definitely been able to offer some, uh, stability to the program, which is nice, uh, which is something that we've kind of needed in the last uh, few years. Um, you know, one of the biggest things with Sean is, uh, you know, he's not the not the oldest coach out there. And he's uh, one of the cool things is that a lot of times we kind of see him as one of their guys rather than um, one of the one of our coaches. So um, it's a pretty cool experience to, to be a part of uh, uh, having to coach 
uh, Sean with us uh, over the last couple of years. Uh, he's definitely been able to um, help us out with a, a lot of the uh, technical side of the game and uh, a lot of defensive stuff as well. Um, I remember the uh, first day that uh, Sean actually came up to, to uh, I guess his official first practice, he actually um, got out there and uh, started playing some defense with us and uh, he's a very good scoop defender and I uh, didn't think I'd ever have a coach that would be out there defending with us. So um, definitely offered some stability to the program, which is nice. And uh, he's been, uh, been a good coach uh, for all of us so far. Man, so cool to hear. And like I said, you guys are just having an absolute wagon of a year where it's just a fun team to support and and just the, the challenges you're having. But uh, it seems like every game's entertaining. And, and I should have done my research, but I got to ask, quarterfinals, you guys don't do a series anymore? You do a series. Is it one and done? Or are you guys going to do a two to three? So the quarter and the semi, I believe, is uh, two and three. And then the, uh, the final is just a one and done. Man, gnarly. Just absolutely gnarly. I love how competitive these Can West is. So uh, you guys, looks like you, like you said, you've penciled in, uh, you're going to host that quarter. And depending how it shakes out, you guys could host the semi as well, right? Depending uh, what, what happens? Yeah, depending on what happens, it would have to be, uh, uh, I think we would have to wait in like a three-way tie to be able to host that, uh, that second game. So we're in fourth place right now. Obviously, we got MRU, Trinity, and uh, Alberta in first place right now. Um, yeah, Trinity and MRU would have to take some pretty key losses, and we would have to um, win out for sure, and then they would go to sets four and against. So we would have to get pretty lucky to, to be able to host that second game, but obviously it would be a pretty awesome opportunity to do that as well. So. For sure, and, I, and I'm sure the coaching staff's preaching one game at a time because uh, whoever you play in that quarterfinal, it's, it's not going to be somebody you can overlook. So uh, best of luck closing out this season, man. It's been uh, so awesome just hearing about your career and your journey. I didn't realize you were a walk-on guy looking at the stats you're putting up. So that's just like a cool journey and hopefully a role model for some of our younger listeners. But uh, before we let you go, I was hoping you could just share a funny or unique story. So you've had a pretty cool journey through our sports and uh, obviously having a great uh, year at U of S. So I was hoping you could share maybe something funny or unique that's happened along the way. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, like I said, I wasn't really planning on playing uh, volleyball after high school. So, I actually did a year of uh, travel um, my uh, out of high school, and I was actually able to go to uh, India for. I was actually living in India for about uh, two months, and um, this isn't uh, necessarily a full secondary volleyball story, but there ended up being a team out there that needed uh, needed a player, and we're playing. Uh, Ended up playing a game just, you know, six on six in the dirt when it's plus 55 out in India. And it was a pretty wild experience. And it was just, you know, got to a point where I just kind of thought, like, how did I get here? So um, pretty wild story. Uh, ended up, uh, yeah, obviously it's hot that day. So we're, we're drinking a lot of water and we're, we're pretty much dying. But I found out later that I actually got really sick from that water that we drank there and uh, came back home. and. Yeah, I spent a couple nights in the hospital from that. So, um, pretty wild, uh, pretty wild story playing volleyball in India, um, and uh, ended up uh, maybe getting pretty sick from it. So, um, yeah, pretty unique story for sure. But yeah, sorry to hear that you got sick. But as you look back, that's like probably a pretty cool, unique experience that uh, traveling really afforded you. Right, you wouldn't have got a, a chance to do that if you didn't take that year off, right? Yeah, for sure. So, I'm definitely happy that I was able to do that. But uh, you know, volleyball can bring it to some pretty wild places for sure. So, Well, sweet, man. It was so great to get to talk to you and just hear about your career and best of luck with everything you got moving forward. For sure. Thanks. Appreciate it.